It's Tom. It's Jake. You, you already, already know. It's pretty spot on. All right, ready? We are back for another quick take. <laughs> Some grapefruit soda ASMR. Um, it's actually a hard seltzer. I oh, nice. just realized. Um, so, but yeah, today. We're going to talk about, because we're shooting some short films right now in Arizona uh, for Sammy the Bull, and we're doing some cool stuff, and just some things, maybe you touch on it real quick. Yeah, so, I mean, we're, what, day seven out of nine? We're about to be into tomorrow, day seven tomorrow. Yeah. So, we've definitely been these last, uh, you know, seven to ten days, been, you know, working a bunch, and it's been fresh on our mind, like, our kind of process when it comes to, at, you know, covering a scene. Right. And... Yeah, I think this is kind of something that we've discussed before in some varying degrees about shot listing or scene yeah. listing. I mean, we've got, you know, our courses and I know we've talked about this before, but I thought this would be a cool episode. And look, if shot listing is something that works for you, this isn't us shitting on that. This is just maybe just opening your eyes to another way to approach covering a scene. And I think my argument for not shot listing um, there are obviously plenty of arguments to shot list, but my argument to not shot list, biggest argument would be it opens your eyes to new ideas. When you shot list wide, over the shoulder, close up, insert of gun, you're kind of going into scene, to a scene with like blinders on. You're like, all right, I'm focused on these four shots. Let's get them. Where I feel like sometimes it's fun to watch a actor or actors rehearse a scene and they may naturally just go over and close the blinds, open a window, sit down, take a sip of water. They might do things that you never knew they were going to do like when you were in your you know apartment shot listing. So seeing the scene with your eyes with no predisposition on how to cover it, then choosing how to cover on the day is a lot of fun yeah so. and i think it's like for these short films for example i'm thomas opping steadicam i'm dping and then uh the director is casey casey james smith and we are kind of you know we show up to set our call time we honestly don't even really know what the scenes are and then we go into it and it's kind of like i'll be like hey casey what is this scene he'll run me through what the scene is and i'll be like do we have like a blocking for it yet and he might <clears throat> not even have a blocking yet but i'll kind of generally then light the scene based on what what is taking place in the scene mm -hmm. and then we've just kind of like all right can we see the actors on their marks and what they're doing and then that informs me and you like i'll be like oh, okay this is like sticks we're gonna do sticks coverage yeah or it's like oh cool we could do this as like a one or steady cam Y night, that yeah. pushes in and and so it's just everything's been super on the fly just seeing you know the location seeing the actors what the scene's going to be and then we've just been like all right this is what we're going to do this is how we're going to light it yeah. we're going to shoot it this way and it's it's so easy and i think it's i think it's almost less stressful because you're not going into it with this game plan that you feel you have to adhere to and yeah. stick to and then when it do, when it's not going that way because of circumstances that maybe the location is too tight yeah. too small oh that window you wanted to do like you know yeah. then it that can be stressful and like, oh shoot, I'm not getting what I wanted to get. So I think going into, you know, your your shoots with open minds and not being so locked into this shot list or oh I have to get this medium close up and being more free to be like, yeah. you know what, this scene actually looks really dope as just a long take wide shot and nothing else, you know, and just kind of just going with the flow a bit more. And that's been yeah. I don't know, it's been 
it's also been fun for us. You know, 100%. we just kind of like figure out what looks cool in the moment and try different things. Like this is the reason we're the reason we're approaching this is a we have not been sent or have not scouted any of these locations. These are locations that we are arriving on the day and seeing for the first time. Right. I think this would be a different convo if like we were doing some stuff that like had heavier choreography. Maybe we had access to the scenes. Had I like seen some locations, maybe we would have gone in with some more ideas. Right. But I kind of think it's a fun challenge and I feel like it ends up yielding the best results when I can see the scene firsthand. I don't have any sort of predisposition on how it should be covered. And then literally if it's like the actor having a conversation with a friend, cool, two overs, a two shot. And then, you know, maybe asking the director, like, hey, is there any inserts? Is this gun that he keeps touching important? Is this picture that he just put in his pocket important? And picking off those, done. You just covered the scene in like three to five shots versus going in, writing down. And I've even seen people do like storyboards. And like, I get that if you're doing like VFX or a crazy fight sequence, like, yes, do that, do the prep. But for a traditional narrative scene where it's, you know, one to three characters, having some sort of standard blocking, getting up, standing up, walking over there. Like it's pretty easy just to see a rehearsal and just know where the camera has to go. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't know. There's, I've always, I I mean, we've talked about it. I've touched on it in the past. I've never been one for shot listing just because like I said, everything changes so much on the day, you know, from even like maybe you anticipated shooting this a certain way, but the sun is just like, yo, like if we shoot this right now in this way, like it just would not make sense for the scene. And yeah, I don't know. I've just been one to always like, even the short films that I've directed, I want to say, let's say, let's talk about, um, let's see our roadside like that. We knew we wanted to do it in one take and just going into it. We spent half the day just like, okay, what's going to look cool? Oh, if we're here, you know, we'll wrap around here. Like, but like I had ideas going into that of how I wanted it to be, but just based on the location and everything, it was like, you had to throw out all that out the window. And we literally spent half the day just like on site, mm-hmm. figuring out what the blocking was and, oh, cool. Let's push in here. We're going to wrap around here. And so that was like yeah. a short, I went into having these ideas of like in my head of like, oh yeah, we're going to do this one take where the car pulls up. She's, But then we like found a shot where like, hey, when you wrapped around to the side and the car pulled up and she like landed in the window, mm-hmm. that was cool. Now from there, let's wrap around. Like we found that sure. just on the day. That wasn't a shot that I had pre-written, but it was like, or shot had shot listed, but that was way doper than what I had shot listed. So it's yeah. like, you just find those. It's important to keep an open mind and, and find things on the yeah. day and try stuff I think stuff it's also out. maybe worth breaking down the script if you are a director or cinematographer and maybe instead of going wide, close up. And right. even I've even seen some people like 75 mil, 50 mil. It's like, how do you know what focal length? How do you know there's not going to be a chair in the way and you have to actually be a little right. more telephoto or whatever. Right. So I find lens sizes are a little, unless it's like a story moment where it's like tripped out sequence and you like really want to remind yourself like to be on super, a 14 mil. Right, right, right. But for the most part, like I've seen shot lists where it's like... And that's where I think it's okay. Like if there's certain moments where you know it's a very dedicated shot. Like, yo, it's a insert shot of this plate sliding out. Like, and you want to be like super wide and have it come from out of focus to in focus, land in focus there on a wide, yeah. like, cool. Get, get that moment. Like, and write that down. Like, for example, like you said, like, Oh, tripped out scene. We know we're going to go wide 14. Yeah. Mil. Or like, whatever. Yeah. Cool. But like, yeah, to just, I don't know. I think, I think if you know, and this is, I guess what I was getting to is go into a scene and just, 
know, what what do you need to get? Because our process is kind of suggesting that figure out after seeing some blocking and that might lend itself to forgetting maybe a key story moment. Yeah, so I if agree. you are a director or cinematographer, try to have an open eye and like use this approach that we're discussing. But I would recommend yeah, going through the material. Maybe it's the actor. It's a very important story moment that he like checks outside the blinds to see that no one's there. And in the heat of the moment, right. if you kind of miss that or in the rehearsal, he doesn't do that. Now you're like missing a key story point. So I would make sure you like at least highlight or like yeah, hey, you I do at least to get the this key i think the key moments story points beats things that need to be focused on write those out and yeah. make sure you have like a checklist of okay we got that shot got but that everything shot, got else that shot. Let's everything play, else let's you know? play and have some fun and find what works best given the location we're at yeah. what the lighting's doing like what you know i all will that say stuff. too and this is maybe a side tangent but i've really enjoyed how we've used steadicam to not only condense the shot list there was a scene where yeah. uh and this isn't even a slide to the director he just you know he thought going into this scene okay i think this can be done at 25 setups yeah he said 25 or him, 26 and shot. it was literally just two actors sitting in a car i'm like 25 setups like what are we doing and like literally we did a steadicam shot that like revealed new information it parallax revealed more information and in doing a continuous shot we knocked out like six of his shots in one fell swoop yeah and if you don't have a steadicam you're like oh well, i don't have that tool there's things you can do even on panning tilting maybe a roan and a slider like trying to kind of combine setups yeah. or reveal new information yeah when he when he said that and we're like okay we're gonna do this car setup outside fbi stakeout you know uh it's i i got it listed here it's like 26 setups or 26 yeah, shots. I was like just that. like, dude, right then and there, I was like, all right, how do we take this 26 and turn that into 12? Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. And then we kind of came up with that steady cam shot, the reveal, 100%. wrap around. They go through the whole dialogue within that longer take. And honestly, sometimes longer takes are way doper than just like cut, cut, yeah. cut, cut, cut cut like, i mean i mean? know it depends on like the visual language of your film because right. i know there's films like snatch or the hot fuzz kind of uh those movies right where like it kind of benefits from the quick cut so i can't say that and say it applies to everything but for what we're working on and in most cases combining shots or having a shot like I feel like some of like the most expert level cinematography that I've seen and one of my favorite movies of all time is called There Will Be Blood and there are certain shots in there that there is a little bit of dolly track it's like a 5 minute scene and it starts in a wide pushes into an over it pulls back to it's like literally just a simple move can evoke all it checks so many boxes otherwise that would have been a wide a close up and over but it literally it's a shot that yeah. evolves and reveals new information as it's moving and i think that's one of the really cool things about you know us using that tool on this because even last night for instance and i know we don't have the clip on screen so i'll try to frame it in a way where you, you won't get lost but it was a scene where someone saw someone cross the front yard Right. knock on the door and he felt there was intruder and that could have easily been insert of him on the couch insert of him opening the blinds insert of him twisting the handle those could have all been in theoretical shots but we did it to where he gets up it's continuous even when the actors came in it kind of panned to him it found like we literally yeah. did like i felt like 10 setups in one take you right know? right so yeah i mean even to the point of the, like that true blood scene or right? True Detective. True, true Detective. Yeah. True Blood. Isn't that like a vampire show or something? Yeah, I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, True Detective, uh, the long one take that we watched um, that, you know, we've both seen before, but we just rewatched it just to relish in its you oh, know yeah, it's, its glory uh but like think about how many shots that oh my been. gosh like that could have been hundreds of shots yeah. like and, and they i did think it from a one... storytelling standpoint it being 
one shot kind of it was connected like obviously in that one shot there's an over the shoulder on the gangster there's no you know it is yeah. it comprised of multiple frames you know so it's not one shot that it literally moves and evolves but it is one shot that tells so many different I things i think it makes it so much more unique makes it so much more original it takes less time it takes less i don't know if i would say less crew energy but like think about it every time you're going to switch a setup like you're going to have to move lights reset this and that like like for example you know when all the gangsters are running through the house and stuff's getting blown someone gets blown out the window if you were to like following mcconaughey all right cut cool now we're gonna light up over here this setup of this guy like you lose momentum you lose time if you can just like pre-light you do everything rehearse and knock it all out in one fail swoop like i just feel like that like i feel like if i were to you know if we were to ever do like a feature film I think we both would want to relish in like doing long extended. Well, just so takes. many, so like, so many of your shorts. If you were to go yeah. on your YouTube channel, are single takes, and so many of your most popular music videos that you've done with artists right. have been with artists like Futuristic, where it was a one take. So I think we'd almost be doing ourselves a disservice, like we're to not do you that. know. I think. I've thought about it. It'd be so cool if like you and I did like a Birdman style feature planned for weeks. Obviously, maybe have a few invisible cuts because I'll be honest, me right. in a steady cam for 90 minutes sounds like shit. But <laughs> like doing something where it really felt like a con- I think that'd be so cool. Yeah. And I think it'd be more just original, fun. It'd be true to us. It'd be unique and less like, yeah, traditional traditional film-esque like you watch so many of these movies on like netflix or hulu and it's like there's nothing really like i know unique about it and like i feel like you, you gotta do kinda that. Have to put like your stank on yeah. it and that's why yeah. i think this is maybe getting a little off tangent but at the end of the day this is just a conversation the reason why i like a lot of those like a24 horror movies like x or hereditary or it comes at night like i feel like they're taking the horror genre and just adding like an element of really advanced cinematography interesting headroom cool cinematic compositions and that's what makes them so fascinating and interesting versus like if you we watched that new trailer for the new um i think it's literally called it's uh he did like us and get out Um, oh no like yeah. you look at that trailer, you could watch that trailer on mute and you're like, yeah, this is very expert. Like it literally looks like right. advanced, you know? And I feel like that's a nuance. If it, you know, I think having that little advanced nuance and I think maybe to circle back, if we were to ever do a single take feature, that would be like our sauce. Yeah. So I mean, speak. there would for sure be moments of like coverage and whatnot, but it's definitely finding those moments within the script being like, cool, this is definitely a five minute one or right here. And we're going to eat up all these pages by doing some sort of very dope, cool yeah thing 100 percent. or just like even if it's not like some crazy steady cam one or pushing in and around and reveal here even if it's like a diner scene and you just start super wide and you just just slowly just push in that's what i meant by that and over they do that yeah so and over the the dolly grip moving that's yeah and over the course of four minutes of these two people in a wide talking having this conversation you just push in from there like that's so much more dope and interesting and like just i think artistically cinematic than yeah. like boom coverage over over cut you know what wide, is my like, biggest pet peeve in movies and sometimes i'm asked to do these shots and i'm like all right really but i don't obviously say that i think insert shots are literally the worst thing ever like yeah. when i see an insert shot in a shot list i'm like You've somewhere in your story failed as a filmmaker. If we really need to show the audience, look at this wallet, look at this gun. Like, 
I think there should be, there's so many better ways to not have Almost this exposition. Almost feels very film school-esque, right? A hundred percent. And look, I know there's filmmakers like Tarantino who have a kind of expert inserts and they do serve his story. I think he's like one of the exemptions, but I feel like if you're early on as a visual storyteller, cinematographer, director, I think we lean on inserts to deliver information to the viewer. And I think there's so many better ways to like show that object without literally having to put on a hundred mil and have it obscure the full. It's like so in your face. And yeah. Like, I, this is maybe kind of a side parallel to shot listing, but fucking hate inserts. I think they're so no. pointless. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, there are certain moments though like, where like yeah. you have to give them that detail, and if they don't, you know, what like I, mean? I know but like the Edgar Wright ones are kind of fun, where it's like tape goes in, hits play, you know, it's like those that, can yeah. be tastefully done, right? right but like right. when it's like, hey man, I uh, can't make it to dinner tonight. I'll see you later, and he hangs up the phone, and, and it's, it's like insert of, of the, the phone. phone. It's like, what did we need that for? Right? Like, Couldn't it just been a wide like? You yeah, know what I mean? Like, exactly. I, I feel like sometimes like we feel the need to overcover a scene. I get no, hundred percent. Yeah, no, that's a that's a good example of that like if you're living in that wide right yeah. and it's a guy like all right cool see you later for dinner or whatever or see you bet hangs out the phone yeah and you have that wide and then it cuts to just an insert of the phone hanging up mm -hmm. it's like bro there was no need for that insert of that phone close up yeah but like yeah i think like over something that this series of shorts has really taught me and like i think it's really fun because when you are on set you are kind of like at the gym you're exercising that creative muscle a lot and something i've really learned is like shots that serve the story like what is right. the shot doing to deliver new information to the audience like yesterday for instance like even doing a shot where he's moving up to the door and kind of parallaxing around like that's kind of revealing new information it's kind of i don't know i think shots that kind of like for instance or, i mean i guess you weren't there on that day um but like i just think shots are so cool like when they can evolve and kind yeah. of serve the story like i think a case in point if you can watch a movie without the sound and you can still get a sense of what's going on that's visual storytelling right like, that is expert well, level so like even so let's go back to our our short film roadside um in that one there's like a, a couple moments where there's some reveals and some really cool blocking but like there was a moment where i intentionally was like i don't want to see the guy until she says like you know like he's like i can call the cops or whatever and she's like no don't do that and she steps forward and it's like boom then we wrap and reveal him and we see him for the first time and it's kind of on this line where there's importance she's like he's like well i can call the cops and he seems creepy and she steps forward and is like oh no don't do that and we reveal him and it's like on this moment where he says call the cops and she's like no don't and it's like that's a good moment of like i don't know where it's like well, yeah, what were we talking about? Like well, uh, visual storytelling. Yeah, like visual you're storytelling. revealing information right. just through the way it's composed, right. the way the camera's maybe revealing something. And yeah, we did swing around and reveal And that them. makes you feel... Uh, yeah, I don't know. There's like in that whole short film, it's funny, a lot of the... I think that's our most viewed short film actually. But like a lot of the comments were like, yo, the blocking on this is just... Well, we did Cat Mouse, which also in a lot of oh, ways yeah, is yeah. revealing information yeah. as she moves, the camera revealed, you know, and I think, yeah, yeah, I guess just to get back to shot listing, I think something that tends to happen is we feel the need to be overprepared, 100%. right? And in that overpreparedness, I think we tend to, or at least when you're starting out, add unnecessary shots. Yeah. And I feel like maybe that stems if you came from music videos where it's like, all right, let's get multiple angles of this performance. And yeah, that's all good and great. But for narrative, every shot should be serving the story in some capacity. Yeah. And if you're just adding inserts and things just because you're feeling like it's filling out your day, 
I think that can actually be an Achilles heel because why burn 30 minutes shooting all these auxiliary shots that maybe don't really serve the story and get a few extra takes when you're in that close-up or an actual shot that matters. You yeah. know what I mean? So Yeah, I think that comes also from yeah, trying to be prepared and overly prepared and like, oh, I'm going to have all this written down and I so I don't miss anything. I think anything. it's more of a directing like, thing because it's yeah. like a DP, our level of prep is pretty consuming, right? You're doing the lighting order. You're making top downs for your lighting and you're working with the crew as a director. Like, you're just probably like, ah, oh, well, what do I do? I want to be prepared. And like, maybe you've worked with your actors. What's but interesting though is with this film, like I've, I feel like there's different types of directors, right? There's certain directors that like kind of have a very unique and specific vision for how it's supposed to look. And there's others that like just want the story to come across and only like really focus on the acting. Whereas like for me, when I've worked with you as you as the DP, I feel like I've always like, this is how I want it to look. We, I want to be oh, wide here, pushing here. I have a very visual mind in terms of how I want the shots to be. Whereas like on these short films, yeah. Casey, like he literally never tells me what he wants. It's just up to me to make the shot. I actually kind of like that. It does put a little more pressure on you as a DP yeah. because now it's upon you to like lens and frame and choose yeah. the right focal and the height and all that. There are some directors like who are so scary specific. I would put Fincher in that conversation right. where it's like, no, literally, it needs to be like pixel accurate to this. Fuck off, it's this. And like where some DP or directors might be like, hey, man, I just, it, it, this character is going to cry. He's going to find out his mom died. What would be, it's you yeah, put the yeah. camera where you think it's going to serve the story. And I kind of like that one because it's like allowing me as an artist to like have my input, maybe putting on a 75, right. go low, lower, like having some, but certain no, I directors do, I do who, like it yeah. because like I, it's, I don't feel like I'm being, it gives me creative control to like, yeah. like I told Casey, I was like, yo, we need to go long lens hundred from the car. Like this is the mirror's perspective of what he's looking at. Yeah. He's like, dude, I love it. Yeah, yeah. But like, if I was told like, yo, shoot a wide from the hood of the car and I'll be like, dude that doesn't even make sense but also, okay when you're being if that's told what you what want to do you're kind of i wouldn't use the term phoning it in but you're kind of now a puppet of that person right. and i think as a collaborator you want to involve and excite your crew and yes you can have an idea and maybe fight for that idea but i think getting the opinions of others is only going to strengthen your work when i used to shoot more i think i made this mistake i was a very technical person so if you, uh, if I was, you were the gaffer, right? I, in most cases, I'd always be like, cool. I want a HMI there, this diffusion. I need a flag here, flag here. And I know in a lot of instances, my gaffer would be like, uh, okay. And just would execute on what I asked. I've worked with a lot of DPs now as an operator and I'm watching from the sidelines, their interaction. And I've seen a lot of DPs be like, hey, I just want a big soft source here. However you achieve that is great. Now I'm going to focus on some other stuff. And they're leaving it up to the gaffer to make that soft source. Right, so now right. the D, the gaffer can be like, oh, I'll use a sky pan. I'll use a book light. Like giving them some latitude to explore right. versus just giving them a list of to-dos. No, you know? And I think as a collaborator, you want to involve your crew. And I liked what, how, working with Casey because it's like, hey, he's going to... He just kind of trusts what, yeah. what... And I think that's part of it too is trust level and like experience. Like I think he looks at us and is like, yo, these guys know what they're doing. Like I'm not going to like force what I want on them. If they know... They know they know what they're doing. Like, sure. so if they say like, Hey, I think this is how it should be done. Cool. Look, and whatever, he's definitely yeah. thrown an input. Like, Oh no, I want this shot where like he walks up and says something and it's like, Oh cool. We'll get that. Like right, right, all right. good and great. But right. yeah. So there's definitely like different workflows in terms of being prepared and shot listing. But I think the the kind of silver lining to this is, you know, 
feel free to shot list and go into the day with your more important story beats and stuff. But I really do challenge you to have an open set of eyes and ears to what naturally happens on the day. Right. And on the day, just being like what's happening in the moment. And if that's watching, I, I can't stress this enough, watch a rehearsal and try to watch a rehearsal before anything's set up, like literally within the first 15 minutes of the day, before your grip truck's unloaded, as they're building the camera, literally you as a DP or director and your DP, like literally watch the actors do the scene and they might do stuff that they've prepared that you didn't know they're gonna do, like going up towards a window and closing the blinds or like what, like seeing all that's gonna inform everything. And I think it's worth noting too, I listened to this podcast with like operators and there's this guy named Jeff Haley, probably one of the most like, grail camera operators steady cam operators he literally was the a steady cam op for all of the avenger movies like Crazy. the avenger infinity war and then whatever the sequel was and he was saying that what are the two brothers that directed those movies the uh, russo he was saying there are certain moments where they would watch a blocking and the russos would just look to him like hey do you think we can do this in three shots we're a little behind like all right cool and they would look like yeah we for sure need to get thor's hammer let's get this over and they're like all right cool and like literally on a movie that's the biggest movie of all time a billion dollar movie even if they're doing what we're talking about like saying they're not going in with all these crazy notes and maybe they did on some sequences but he was sharing a conversation where it's like even the russos were like hey look we're kind of getting close to the end of the day do you think we can do it in three shots like literally they were just asking him like how he thinks he should cover it and it's like oh that's kind of cool yeah you know, like yeah, even the cool. big leagues kind of operate on a find yeah, it on just, the day moment. Yeah, you know? 100%. I mean, I think everything, you know, I think people have this idea of that, like what's above them is like so much different. And it's like, it's really not, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's like, even when I was like starting out shooting music videos, it's like a lot of what it was, was showing up to lo- whatever location we could find run and gun and like, all right, how do I make this look cool? Exactly. It's the same thing now. It's the same thing. If you get up to the, you know, the, the, you know, major industry Hollywood level, there's going to be those moments of like, all right, uh, cool. We have this dope set, whatever, like what's going to look dope. Like hundred percent. Yeah. Cause location funny enough does sometimes inform so much. If it's a cool location, that almost makes me want to just do it in a wide and call it a day and give some headroom. But yeah, like yeah. if the location's crap, you may have to pop in and be yeah. on hundred mil. So yeah. funny enough, sometimes locations can actually steer your shot list with yeah. restraints. Maybe you don't have windows or natural lights. So you, you know, so it's funny how there's certain variables that actually, if you were to shot list the whole thing, you arrive on location, find out that it's raining, you can't put lights outside and there's no windows. Well, frick, you have to kind of scrap all that and reframe how you're going to, you know, so I mean, right. I think kind of going in with open mindset has always kind of benefited us at least um so yeah that was kind of just a quick take on just how we approach (laughs) shot listing or lack thereof not (laughs) saying it's wrong or right to do it but that's just how it's been working for us on this you know series of projects we're shooting and just wanted to share a conversation of just you know how it's been working to like we can put some little videos together on some of the behind the scenes of this stuff and maybe upload it to this channel so you guys can see some of what we've been working on Maybe we'll have to do that. Yeah. So. I think on um YouTube we may in the description at some point maybe we could refresh the this uh you know link and put like, hey, here's link to right, the stills or right, something. So right. maybe check back later or something. Right. All right, guys. Thanks. Thanks for watching another quick take. Like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff, share. Um, and uh we appreciate you guys for uh watching, listening. Sheesh. <laughs>